Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So as we think about this, you know, I think this would be a great test. And you know, I realize not a lot of people would really like to run this test. But if we could test every, every little specific piece of our salvation and see if it all redounds to the praise of His glory and the praise of the glory of His grace. If there's any part in there that is not attributed to the grace and the glory of God, we've got the wrong idea about our salvation. And you might think that's too much, but just listen to verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Verse 12. That we should be... Verse 11, we just read it. You know why we're, we have an inheritance? For His purpose, for His glory, for all of His workings, that we should be to the praise of His glory. Verse 14, which is the earnest, talking about the Holy Spirit, earnest of our inheritance so the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. You know, I should look my salvation over and if every, I mean down to the most minute part, doesn't, Go back to Him. I've got the wrong idea about salvation. Jonah said salvation is of the Lord. And you know, people will just blow that off and say, well, God made it possible through the death of Jesus. That's not what I'm reading. I tell you, I'm reading a whole lot more than that. I'm reading a work. If you're saved tonight, you know where that work began? That began with God. That began with God. And that didn't begin after you were conceived, you were brought forth to birth, you were seven years old. That began before the foundation of the world. So how do we How do we get saved? Everybody gets saved the same way, I believe. We come through the Word of God. 
We come through the working of the Holy Spirit. We come through the work of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So let's listen to this. So we have an inheritance. Being predestinated so that foreordained, marked out beforehand, according to whose will? (laughs) According to God's purpose, according to God's will, according to the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory, that our lives should glorify God. You know, the likelihood of me being saved without God's work, without God instigating, without the work of the Holy Spirit, and without the Word of God, not only now, not only was the Holy Spirit given to write down the Word that the preacher preached, and the preacher had the Holy Spirit of God, but there was a work of the Holy Spirit going on inside me to bring me to the place that I would believe the Word of God. So every bit of it is to the praise of the glory of His grace. That we should be to the praise of His glory. Now listen to these verses. (coughs) Who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of, the, of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So I believe Paul is saying this. And you know, this could be argued or you might see it in a different way. But I believe you could say this, that Paul is saying in verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. So... I was thinking about the Scripture in the book of John when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. And He said, You worship, you know not what. They did not know the object of worship. They didn't know God. Jesus went on to say, Salvation is of the Jews. So, The only people, Amos would back that up, you only have I known of all the people on the face of the earth. So I believe that Paul is saying this. We believe the Word of God. We first hoped and trusted in the promise of Christ. You Ephesians who were Gentiles, you were separated from God. You were separated from the commonwealth of Israel. You didn't have the law. You didn't have the Word of God. Just, just think of the situation they were in. And if you would disagree, listen to what verse number 12 in chapter 2 says. That at that time... Let me read 11 and 12. Wherefore remember that you, being in the time past, Gentiles in the flesh... What's Paul saying there? Second chapter, verse 11. You were unbelievers. You didn't believe in God. You were Gentiles in the flesh. That means that they were not Jews. They weren't Jews of the flesh. So therefore, they did not have the Word of God. 
They did not have the opportunity that Israel had. They did not have that Word of God. 2 and 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in the time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. So what did the Jews call them? They called them a bunch of uncircumcised Gentiles. What were they? They were dogs. That's, that's what they thought of them. So, he says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. What are we talking about here in verse number 12? That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. That word really is hoped in Christ. That we hope. We had an expectation. The word means this, to lay hold of before a confirmation. What does that take? Faith. Right? I'm going to lay hold of before there's a confirmation. What brought the confirmation? It was the Word of God and the Holy Spirit brought the confirmation. But their hope was that Christ was coming. The Ephesians did not have that until the Gospel came to their shores. They did not have that hope. They were aliens. They were strangers. They were separated from the commonwealth of Israel. They did not have the law. They had never heard what Israel had heard about the promise of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, coming to this world. They had never heard that. Now just think about this for a moment. We live in a world today, if people would be honest, we live in a world today right here in this county, I believe in this community, are people that have never heard the Word of God. That's the truth. You know, you're going to, people are going to say, well, the Gospel's been preached to everybody. That's not true. There's people in our neighborhoods that have never heard the Gospel. I guarantee you when Leah goes to school and when Chloe goes to school and when these young children go to school, there's children and there's young ladies and young men in their classrooms that have never heard the Gospel. There is no way to come to salvation without hearing the Word of God. These Ephesians had never heard the Word of God. But Paul says this, he says, who first, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted. Again, that word, if I look up the meaning of that word, it means a hope, to lay hold of. And we know this, it means a certain expectation. It means this, to hope in advance of confirmation. Read with me a few places. Luke chapter number 2, a very familiar Scripture. When, when I just start reading it, you'll know it. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Does that sound familiar? What was Simeon doing? 
And the same man, this is in Luke 2, 25. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation. What was he doing? He was looking for that. He was hoping in that. He had laid hold on that. He was believing in advance before the confirmation. He was believing that the Lord Jesus Christ was coming. He was looking for the solace. He was looking for the comfort. He was looking for the Messiah. He was looking that in advance of Christ's coming. He was looking for it. He was hoping in it. He had a certain expectation of that coming. The Ephesians did not have that. Only the Jews. Only the Jews had that. They are the first ones who trusted in Christ. They are the first ones. You see, it's impossible for the Gentiles to have a hope, to have an expectation of Christ. That's only revealed through the Word of God and they didn't have it. They were dogs. They were outcasts. They were aliens. They were strangers. They did not have the Word of God. We go on in Luke chapter 2. Listen to verse 38. So here is a woman named Anna. And Anna, in verse 38, and she coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of Him to all of them that looked and spake to all of them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. What, were they, what was she looking for? She was hoping. She was trusting. She had laid hold on the Word of God and believed in advance. She believed beforehand. Before there was a confirmation of it, she believed it. Before Christ came on the scene... She believed it. Listen to Paul, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter number chapter number 26. The book of Acts, chapter 26. Paul is standing before Agrippa, verse number 6. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise, this is wonderful. So the word hope here means a certain expectation, an anticipation with confidence, the hope of the promise, the announcement made of God unto our fathers. Isn't that wonderful? We've got an announcement from God that there's a Savior coming. What shall we do? I tell you what we should do. We should grab hold of that and believe that. But the only people that can believe that is that group of people whom God has made that known. The Ephesians, as they were before Paul sat down on the shores of Ephesus, as before the apostles came to Ephesus, they did not have that knowledge. Chapter number 28, Paul says this. Verse 20, For this cause therefore have I called for you, he's at Rome, 
I have called unto you to see you and to speak with you because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. What's your expectation? I tell you, thank God I have a hope and an expectation that is bound and founded upon the announcement of God. Not man's persuasion. God's announcement. So, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. So Paul has trusted in Christ. Uh, One more scripture in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. A very familiar scripture. If in this life only we have an expectation, a certain expectation in Christ, is this all there is? No, I tell you, by the announcement of God, by the promise of God, I have an expectation after this life. I have an expectation, and Paul had an expectation after this life. This word hope, oh, it's not what, it's not what we think in America today. What a beautiful word. A certain expectation founded upon the announcement of God Almighty. I tell you, there's something that you can plant your feet on. There's something that you can have faith in. There is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I tell you, there, ladies and gentlemen, is a foundation that you can stand on uh, that I have a certain expectation and God has announced what my expectation and my hope should be put in. In whom ye also, in whom ye all, who's ye now? Paul says, verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. There's nobody else, ladies and gentlemen, looking for the Lord Jesus Christ but the Jews and the few proselytes that's come under Judaism. That's the only people that's looking or has an expectation or has laid hold on the promise of God. Nobody else. In whom, so in Christ, trusted in Christ. In whom you've trusted in Christ. We have trusted in Christ. In whom ye also... Who are these? This is the Ephesians. This is a group of people that were raised Gentiles, had no exposure to the Word of God, no exposure to Judaism, no exposure to Moses, to the law, no exposure. But you know who's bringing them a Word of God? The apostles are bringing them a Word of God. It's not the prophets. The prophets didn't come to them. Though the prophet's writing was out there, the prophets did not come to the, to the Gentiles. But here are the apostles. Here are the first ones that believed, the first ones that trusted in Christ, the first ones that were looking for Him, hoping in Him, trusting in Him. And you know how they come? They come the same way that the Ephesians are coming. They come to put their faith, their hope, their trust through the Word of God. The only way that anybody's ever going to be saved is coming through the Word of God. 
in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. So what is the word of truth? So, let, you know, you just think about this. I, I, I like to read a few verses here and there. This word of truth. You know, this word of truth, according to John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He's praying unto God. Your word, Lord, is truth. But Jesus Himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What's Paul going to preach down at Ephesus? I tell you, he's going to preach Jesus Christ. He's going to preach more than Jesus Christ. Don't take me wrong now. Vaughn says he's going to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I must do this then. I must must understand why He is crucified. I need to understand why that this man, who Paul says is the Son of God, why was He crucified? What is my condition? What is the condition of fallen man? I tell you something, folks. Before I hear the good news of the gospel, and before I have a need for the good news of the gospel, I need to realize my condition that I would come to the gospel. Is this not true? They that are whole need not a physician. Is that the Word of God? So I ask you this, is Jesus the physician? Why would I come to Him? I need to realize, ladies and gentlemen, the good news of the Gospel. I realize this, that I need to preach Jesus Christ. But I can't start there. We start with the law. We start with the fall of man. We start with man in his sinful condition. We start with man hating God. We start with man in a condition that he doesn't want to come to God. He doesn't need God. He doesn't want to have anything to do with God. And the honest of God truth, that's the way that mankind is. And you know why that is? That's because of the condition of the heart of man. Man is in a fallen, dead spiritual condition. Though he's alive... He is dead spiritually. Everything that He does is dead works. So, what do we have to do? Sanctify them through Thy Word. Thy Word is true. In the 14th chapter of John, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto Me except by the Father. How in the world? In whom ye also trusted after that you heard the Word of truth, comma, The gospel of your salvation. You think Paul just preached Jesus? Or did he preach the condition of man that he he would bring him 
to come. That man would desire to come. That man might see his fallenness. That man might realize that he has nothing to offer God. Could we see that we're not justified before God? Could we see that all of our works are as filthy rags? Could we see that if we put all of our righteousnesses together, uh, that they're like filthy rags? Could we see that no man seeketh after God? No man stirreth up himself unto God. You know where all of that is? That's all in the Old Testament. The Gospel's in the New Testament. I need the Old Testament to point out what a condition I'm in that when the New Testament comes along, I realize I need a Savior. The good news, the good news that Jesus has come, that's wonderful. But we're living in a world that doesn't need that Jesus, right? What could bring them to the place that they need Him? I tell you, conviction of their sin. Conviction of my sin is what brought me to the place that I needed Jesus. That God convinced me through and by the working now of the Word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit, He brought me to realize that my condition before God, I was unjust, I was ungodly, I was unacceptable, I was a sinner on my way to hell. I was, I, I, I was as, as the Bible says, that God was angry with the wicked every day. I was in that condition. God was angry with me. I had failed. I had come short. I had missed the mark. I had willingly, blatantly sinned against God. That was my condition. Until I came to that. I did not need the good news of the gospel. Listen to a verse or two, Second Timothy chapter number two. First Timothy chapter one, let me read that first. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now you tell me you're going to preach Jesus and Jesus crucified. That's wonderful. Thank God for that. I know nothing but Jesus and Him crucified. Don't you reckon when Paul uh, preached Jesus and Him crucified, he gave a reason why He was crucified? Don't you reckon there was a reason that this Son of God was crucified? Why could He not just be the Savior without being crucified? There had to be a payment for sin. There had to be a propitiation. There had to be a satisfying of God. God is righteous. God is just. God is holy. How in the world can I be saved? I tell you the reason that Jesus died on the cross is that my sin had to be paid for. Your sin had to be paid for. We had to be right with God. And the only way for us to be right with God was for someone to pay the penalty. You couldn't pay it. If you leave this world lost and undone, know this, that you shall never ever get done paying for your sin. You will never get done. The payment for your sin, could you see this? The payment for your sin will be infinite. Now can you see the infinite God 
Not a finite being like you and I. But an infinite being. It took an infinite being to pay for my infinite sin debt. I'll have to be right before God before I go to heaven. My sins will have to be paid for. Therefore, I need to realize my condition that I would come to Christ. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. You ought to embrace this. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know when Paul realized that. Was he born in that condition? Absolutely, he was born in that condition. David said, and I may get it mixed up, he was born in sin and conceived in iniquity. And I may have that wrong. You can check it out in Psalm 51. Paul was born in that condition. Listen, one more time. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. When did He come to that knowledge? I'll tell you on the Damascus road He came to that realization. Now when did God choose Him? When God spoke to Ananias, when, when did God choose Saul of Tarsus, Paul the apostle, when did He choose him? There's, there's just no other way to, no other place to go, but God chose him before the foundation of the world. But his realization in him, your realization for you, my realization for me of my sinful condition was in time. Under the gospel, under the preaching, under the working of the Holy Spirit. That all of that was in time. All of that was in this life. All of that working of God and the plan of God before the foundation of the world. All of that was being worked out and all of His purpose and all of His will. All of that come to me and my realization of my sin and my need for a Savior was in time. So for you. But you cannot separate God's foreknowledge and God's purpose and God working all things after the counsel of His own will to bring you to that place. You see, God was working. Did I know it? (laughs) No, I didn't know it. I didn't realize it. But I tell you, I did realize this in time. Just as Paul on the Damascus Road realized that he was persecuting the church and that was the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, that was in time. Second Timothy 2.15 Second Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved a workman uh, uh, unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This word, this word of truth, this, this is how the Ephesian church come to be saved, through this word of truth. This word of truth, and, and I want to get it down even closer, so also to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. 
All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What did Paul have? I tell you, Paul had a Word of God that was sufficient to bring the Gospel, to bring the Old Testament, to bring the law, to bring conviction, to bring a sickness, to bring a need unto the Ephesians. And he also brought them the good news, the good news of the Gospel, the good news of the truth, this Word of truth, this Lord Jesus Christ who is the truth, this Lord Jesus Christ who is the foundation of the truth, this Lord Jesus Christ who breathed the truth, this Lord Jesus Christ who was the truth who was crucified, this Lamb of God who was the truth that hung on the cross, this truth, ladies and gentlemen, that rose from the dead. Paul brought them the word of truth. He's the author of the truth, is he not? He's not only the author, he's the finisher of the truth. He hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. What? What's finished? This is a... Uh, a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. (laughs) What did He finish? He finished the work that could bring you and I to salvation. He finished that salvation work. So He's the author. He's the truth. You know what? He's the preacher. When Jesus was preaching for three and a third year, He's a preacher of the truth. You mean He's preaching about Himself? If you want to say that, I'm going to say amen. He was preaching about Himself. He did say to the woman at the well, I am He. I'm the one. I'm the one, the one that's speaking to you. I am He. What was He doing? I tell you, He is the truth. He's the author of the truth. He's preaching the truth. He's the truth that's going to hang on the cross. He is God Almighty hanging on the cross of Calvary. He, ladies and gentlemen, is the truth. God says sin is going to have to be paid for. Jesus, the truth, hung on the cross that sin could be paid for. He is the Word of truth. That, that, that's what's coming to them. That's what's coming to Ephesus. The Word of truth. So the author, the preacher, he's the offering of the truth, isn't he? He's the sacrifice. He's the sacrifice. And, and not that. He's the sacrifice and he's the priest that takes the sacrifice to heaven. He's everything, isn't He? He's the mediator of the new covenant and He's the executor of the will. (laughs) You talk about a word of truth. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Here is the Word of truth hanging on the cross, died on the cross, 
on Sunday morning said to Mary, Touch me not, I've not yet ascended unto the Father. There's the high priest, the truth, of carrying the blood of the sacrifice, the truth that hung on the cross out of heaven above to bring us into a new covenant with God. He's the mediator of the new covenant and He's the executor that is carried out. My God, what a word of truth that we have. <laughs> a word of truth. The good news from God in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. So listen, John 6.45. Now he's going to go on in this verse to say, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. But you did not believe without the working of the Holy Spirit before you believed. Just chew on that a minute. Most likely, most of us heard the Word of God a lot of times before we ever embraced it, believed it, took it in and put our faith and our trust and our hope in it. But the day that salvation came to your heart, there was a, 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 a working of the Holy Spirit that brought about volition, that brought about movement, that brought about action from you, that brought you to a place... You know, I, I believe this. I believe I can sit into the in the house of God, and I believe you can sit in the house of God, and God deal with you, and you still resist Him. Yes, I believe that. I believe that. But what happened to you the day you got saved? The working of the Holy Spirit was so great. The Word of God was being enlightened unto you in such a manner that you had never seen before. The conviction of your sin was so great and so weighty. And every bit of that was the working of the Holy Spirit in you that you would believe the truth. You'd been told the truth a lot of times. But you know something? There come a day you are convinced. There come a day that the Holy Spirit brought that truth to you. And you know, it didn't say to me, that's for Leah, or that's for Wanda, or that's for Anthony. I hear the Holy Spirit come and He said, Greg Warren, that's for you. That word of truth, that conviction of sin, that death sentence, that hell awaiting, that brand that's going to end up in a burning, smoldering hell, that's you. And that day, I tell you, the conviction and the power of the Holy Ghost brought me to God. 
Now the Bible says this, that no man can come unto me unless my Father who sent me draw him. John 6.45 says this, 644 says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will, I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all, shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Let's think on that verse a minute. God come by my heart one day, and He was the teacher. It wasn't God sitting on the throne in heaven. It was God the Holy Spirit. It was God the Holy Spirit who taught me that day. I learned. I learned in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I learned my condition before God. And do you know what it did? It brought me to Him. When I learned of my condition, I needed a Savior. When I learned of my condition, I wanted a Savior. When I learned of my condition, though I had turned away and resisted and rejected and said I don't want anything to do with that before, I tell you that day when I learned of my true condition, I wanted to be saved. Now who's going to come? Everyone that God teaches. See, I, there's no way for me to be saved without the working of the Holy Spirit, not only in the Word being written, not only in the Word being preached, but the work of the Holy Spirit in me that that Word would become alive in me. That I would come to an enlightening of that Word that I had never ever seen before. That I would see that that Word was applicable to me as an individual and the salvation that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. I friend, the good news of the Gospel, the good news of the Word of Truth, the good news of your salvation, that come to me and I desire and I want it to be saved. It was a working of God inside of me. It was a working of God inside of you. And listen, oh, how careful we should be. I shouldn't try to persuade you. I'm so fearful when I see it. Honestly, it makes me mad. And it makes me so fearful when I see men, when I see men in their 20s and men in their 30s and men in their 50s and men in their 70s and men in their 80s and they're trying to persuade an audience 
I tell you, if God Almighty through the working of the Holy Spirit is not able to persuade you and bring you to the, uh, to the realization of your condition, God help me to never lay my hands on you. I don't want it to be a work of me. It'll be deception. It'll be a lie. It'll be something that'll leave you. A friend, it'll be something that'll leave you lost and undone. I'm afraid that's been done so many hundreds and thousands and millions of times through the years. This salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit in you. And if you have come by any other persuasion, if you have come for any other reason, it's not the right thing. I'm sorry. It's not the right thing. I'll read this one more time. No man could come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. How is God going to draw a man to Jesus Christ? No man can come except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. As it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. I tell you, you don't need me to teach you. You need the Holy Spirit to teach you. I need to do my best to preach to you the Word of God, to rightly divide it, to apply it, to try to bring it down where I can understand it and you can understand it and it can be applied. But I'll tell you this, it'll be God Almighty that church teaches you. It'll be God that does the work in you. If you get a genuine God-sent Holy Ghost life-changing salvation, it'll be because God did a work in you. Listen to Ephesians 4.21. What kind of condition are they in? Well, I tell you what the condition they were in. They were in a condition of lostness. They were in a condition of darkness. They were in a condition alienated, verse number 18, 418, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Let me ask you this. Can I open your heart and make you see? I mean, if I explain every word in the verse, can I open your heart and make you see? That has to be a work of God. The heart is darkened. The heart is blind. The heart is ignorant. Who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to, the work, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. I was right there one day. Not proud of it, but that's the honest God truth. I was there being giving myself over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. I desired it. I longed after it. I ran after it. But I'll tell you what happened. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. You know what the Lord did one day? God come by and pulled the blinders off. God come by and brought a revelation. God come by and I learned and was taught of God. And it'll have to be the same for every one of us. The people at Ephesus, the people at Thessalonica, 
the people on Spring Creek, the people in America, the people in Japan, the people in any place upon the face of this earth. I tell you, it'll be a working of the Holy Spirit to bring you to an honest of God real salvation. We've moved, and we have been moved by men. There's no salvation in man. That's a lie. Nothing but a lie. Colossians 1.23 Colossians 1.23 If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Now does he mean that literally and that every creature under heaven has heard the gospel? No, he does not mean that literally. Did he mean, did that woman when she said he told me all things that ever I did, did she mean that he told her every detail of her life? He did not. Don't, don't twist the Word of God. Take it in its context and understand it for what it says. The Word of God had went over all of Asia. The Word of God went all, all over all of Palestine and Judea. And the Word of God went to Rome. And the Word of God was going to Europe. The whole world. That don't excuse me. I got to hear it. I have to learn. God has to teach me. So, just another word or two. In whom also ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now think about this. Every bit of this is to the praise of His glory. And after that you believed, you were sealed. You were sealed according to the Word of God now in whom you trusted after that you heard. So I ask you this. Could you believe before you heard? Could you believe before you heard? The word is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart the man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. But he goes on in verse number 13 and he says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? 
How shall they preach except they be sent? How beautiful are the feet of them that bringeth preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. What's Paul saying? Oh, I tell you, thank God for the good news. Thank God for the runner that's running to bring the good news that Jesus has died. A friend that you, if you're a sinner, that He died for your sins. Uh, that He is a propitiation. He's satisfied the justice of God. He's the just and the justifier. And can you believe? After you believed. After you heard. After you heard, you believed. And after you believed... You were sealed. I'm not going to get into this, but I just want to I just want to lay this down. So what's the seal? The seal is the Holy Ghost. And the seal is to authenticate what's real. It, 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 it's, a, it's a seal of authority. You know, me and Daniel. We, we trade. I, I trade money. He gives me a car. We go to somebody around. Okay, Daniel, you sign the title. Greg, you sign for, for, uh, to get a title. Let me notarize that. No notary stamp on it. They won't take it at the tag office. Right? So I've got the authority. I've got ownership. The seal is an ownership. The seal is saying, this belongs to me. When they sent the letter out, and he sealed it with his ring. The king, Haman took the king's ring, didn't he? Sent letters out. All over the 127 provinces. Had the king's seal on it. This is from the king. This is a real thing right here. I believe you could say something else on the back of that tractor trailer. I see them all the time. I've come up off the exit over here at exit 24. There's tractor trailers lined up to get fuel. I look on the back and there's both door latches down and here's these little silver seals on them. We want to make sure that what's in this trailer gets there and we're going to put this seal on it to make sure that it has not been messed with, that it is going to reach. We're going to put something on there to secure it. God's going to do that for His children. So we'll look forward to that.